Section 82 of The Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter 77. Not long after this, as the little family at Turgoo sat at dinner, Luke Peterson burst in on them, covered with dust. Good people, Mistress Catherine is wanted instantly at Rotterdam. My name is Catherine, young man. Kate, it'll be Margaret. Eh, dame, she said to me, Good Luke, hie thee to Turgoo, and ask for Eli, the hosier and pray his wife catherine to come to me for god his love i didn't wait for daylight holy saints he has come home kate nay she would sure have said so what on earth can it be and she heaped conjecture on conjecture mayhap the young man can tell us hazarded kate timidly that i can said luke why her baby is a-dying and she is so wrapped up in it catherine started up what is his trouble nay i know not but it has been peaking and pining worse and worse this while a furtive glance of satisfaction passed between cornelis and sybrandt luckily for them catherine did not see it her face was turned towards her husband now eli cried she furiously if you say a word against it you and i shall quarrel after all these years who gainsays thee foolish woman quarrel with your own shadow while i go borrow peter's mule for ye bless thee my good man bless thee didst never yet fail me at a pinch now eat your dinners who can while i go and make ready she took luke back with her in the cart and on the way questioned and cross-questioned him severely and seductively by turns till she had turned his mind inside out what there was of it margaret met her at the door pale and agitated and threw her arms round her neck and looked imploringly in her face come he is alive thank god said catherine after scanning her eagerly she looked at the failing child and then at the poor hollow-eyed woman alternately lucky you sent for me said she the child is poisoned poisoned by whom by you you have been fretting nay indeed mother how can i help fretting don't tell me margaret a nursing mother has no business to fret she must turn her mind away from her grief to the comfort that lies in her lap know you not that the child pines if the mother vexes herself this comes of your reading and writing those idle crafts befit a man but they keep all useful knowledge out of a woman the child must be weaned oh you cruel woman cried margaret vehemently i am sorry i sent for you would you rob me of the only bit of comfort i have in the world a nursing my gerard i forget i am the most unhappy creature beneath the sun that you do not was the retort or he would not be the way he is 
mother said margaret imploringly tis hard replied catherine relenting but bethink thee would it not be harder to look down and see his lovely wee face looking up at you out of a little coffin oh jesu and how would you face your other troubles with your heart eye full and your lap empty oh mother i consent to anything only save my boy that is a good lass trust to me i do stand by and see clearer than thou unfortunately there was another consent to be gained the babes and he was more refractory than his mother there said margaret trying to affect regret at his misbehavior he loves me too well but catherine was a match for them both as she came along she had observed a healthy young woman sitting outside her own door with an infant hard by she went and told her the case and would she nurse the pining child for the nonce till she had matters ready to wean him the young woman consented with a smile and popped her child into the cradle and came into margaret's house she dropped a curtsy and catherine put the child into her hands she examined and petted it and purred over it and proceeded to nurse it just as if it had been her own margaret who had been paralyzed at her assurance cast a rueful look at catherine and burst out crying the visitor looked up what is to do wife ye told me not the mother was unwilling she is not she's only a fool never heed her and you margaret i am ashamed of you you are a cruel hard-hearted woman sobbed margaret them as taken hand to guide the weak need be hardish and you will excuse me but you are not my flesh and blood and your boy is after giving this blunt speech time to sink she entered come now she is robbing her own to save yours and you can think of nothing better than bursting out a blubbering in the woman's face out fie for shame nay wife said the nurse thank heaven i have enough for my own and for hers to boot and prithee white not on her maybe the troubles of life has soured her own milk and her heart into the bargain said the remorseless catherine margaret looked her full in the face and down went her eyes i know i ought to be very grateful to you sobbed margaret to the nurse then turned her head and leaned away over the chair not to witness the intolerable sight of another nursing her gerard and gerard drawing no distinction between this new mother and her the banished one the nurse replied you are very welcome my poor woman and so are you mistress catherine which are my townswoman and know it not what are ye from turgu all the better but i cannot call your face to mind oh you know me not my husband and me we are very humble folk by you but true eli and his wife are known of all the town and respected so i am at your call dame and at yours wife and yours my pretty poppet night or day 
there's a woman of the right old sort said Catherine as the door closed upon her i hate her i hate her i hate her said margaret with wonderful fervor Catherine only laughed at this outburst that is right said she better say it as set sly and think it it is very natural after all come here is your bundle of comfort take and hate that if you can and she put the child in her lap no no said margaret turning her head halfway from him she could not for her life turn the other half he is not my child now he is hers i know not why she left him here for my part it was very good of her not to take him to her house cradle and all oh 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 ah well one comfort he's not dead this gives me light some other woman has got him away from me like father like son oh 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 Catherine was sorry for her and let her cry in peace and after that when she wanted joan's aid she used to take gerard out to give him a little fresh air margaret never objected nor expressed the least incredulity but on their return was always in tears this connivance was short-lived she was now altogether as eager to wean little gerard it was done and he recovered health and vigor and another trouble fell upon him directly teething but here Catherine's experience was invaluable and now in the midst of her grief and anxiety about the father margaret had moments of bliss watching her son's tiny teeth come through teeth mother i call them not teeth but pearls of pearls and each pearl that peeped and sparkled on his red gums was to her the greatest feat nature had ever achieved her companion partook the illusion and had we told them standing corn was equally admirable margaret would have changed to a reproachful gazelle and Catherine turned us out of doors so each pearl's arrival was announced with a shriek of triumph by whichever of them was the fortunate discoverer Catherine gossiped with joan and learned that she was the wife of jorian Kittel of turgu who had been servant to giesbrick von sweden but fallen out of favor and come back to rotterdam his native place his friends had got him the place of sexton to the parish and what with that and carpentering he did pretty well Catherine told joan in return whose child it was she had nursed and all about margaret and gerard and the deep anxiety his silence had plunged them in ay said joan the world is full of trouble one day she said to Catherine, it's my belief my man knows more about your gerard than anybody in these parts but he has got to be closer than ever of late drop in some day just afore sunset and set him talking and for our lady's sake say not i set you on the only hiding he ever gave me was for babbling his business and i do not want another gramercy i married a man for the comfort of the thing not to be hided Catherine dropped in jorian was ready enough to tell her how he had befriended her son 
and perhaps saved his life but this was no news to catherine and the moment she began to cross-question him as to whether he could guess why her lost boy neither came nor wrote he cast a grim look at his wife who received it with a calm air of stolid candor and innocent unconsciousness and his answers became short and sullen what should he know more than another and so on he added after a pause think you the burgomaster takes such as me into his secrets oh then the burgomaster knows something said catherine sharply likely who else should i'll ask him i would and tell him you say who knows that is right dame go make him mine enemy that is what a poor fellow always gets if he says a word to you women and jorian from that moment shrunk in and became impenetrable as a hedgehog and almost as prickly his conduct caused both the women agonies of mind alarm and irritated curiosity geesbreck was for some cause gerard's mortal enemy had stopped his marriage imprisoned him hunted him and here was his late servant who when off his guard had hinted that his enemy had the clue to gerard's silence after sifting jurian's every word and look all remained dark and mysterious then catherine told margaret to go herself to him you are young you are fair you will maybe get more out of him than i could the conjecture was a reasonable one margaret went with her child in her arms and tapped timidly at jorian's door just before sunset come in said a sturdy voice she entered and there sat jorian by the fireside at sight of her he rose snorted and burst out of the house is that for me wife inquired margaret turning very red you must excuse him replied joan he lays it on your door that he is a poor man instead of a rich one it is something about a piece of parchment there was one a missing and he got naught from the burgomaster all along of that one alas gerard took it likely but my man says you should not have let him you were pledged to him to keep them all safe and sooth to say i blame not my jorian for being wroth tis hard for a poor man to be so near fortune and lose it by those he has befriended however i tell him another story says i folk that are out of trouble like you and me didn't ought to be too hard on folk that are in trouble and she has plenty going already what is all your hurry mistress oh it is not for me to drive the good man out of his own house well let me kiss the bairn afore ye go he is not in fault anyway poor innocent upon this cruel rebuff margaret came to a resolution which she did not confide even to catherine after six weeks stay that good woman returned home on the child's birthday which occurred soon after margaret did no work but put on her sunday clothes and took her boy in her arms and went to the church and prayed there long and fervently for gerard's safe return that same day and hour father clement celebrated a mass 
and prayed for margaret's departed soul in the minister church at basil end of section eighty two recording by john brandon